Now, here's the starting lineup for the Generations Sports Podcast, presented by Calf Sports. And co-host at six foot three, he's a self-proclaimed sports expert, a true Cinderella story representing the Boomers from La Mirada, California, the Unc, Bill Lankovich. At producer and show contributor at six foot two, a recent graduate of Northern Arizona University after a six-year college career just to achieve a bachelor's degree. Some days he feels like a millennial, other days he's Gen Z. From Santa Barbara, California, Casey Everett. At co-host, the man in the middle, standing six feet tall, he's a member of the true greatest generation, Generation X, a lover of all sports and despises everything Dodgers and Lakers. He has one solo tackle in his high school football career from St. John's, Arizona, Dave Zorn. At co-host, standing 6'1", he averaged a career triple-double at his local YMCA. And he's also a boomer, once known as the trainer. He now power naps like he used to power lift. From San Bernardino, California, Jeff Kennedy. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whenever it is, wherever you are. And welcome to the Generation Sports Podcast. I'm Jeff Kennedy, along with Bill Unkovich. Hey, now. Dave Zorn. Yo. And Casey Everett. Hey. Good morning, guys. Good <laughs> afternoon. Good evening. Listen, coming up on the show today, we're going to talk some Little League World Series and Major League Baseball's interaction with the young guys. We'll also do a temp check of Major League Baseball, who's hot and who's not. Stump the Unk, our opportunity and your opportunity to present a trivia question that Bill actually cannot answer. We'll also take a look at the NFL. We'll preview the AFC, just give you our winners and losers and what we think about each division. We'll have betting with Bill, which is Bill's best bets of the week. And then sports around the mountain presented by Doghouse, Flagstaff's favorite comfort food. And then we'll wrap things up with crunch time, which is each host has a minute for our final thoughts. So let's get started. Little League World Series and the partnership with Major League Baseball. Now the sixth annual event featuring Major League Baseball clubs playing at historic Bozeman Field in Williamsport was played this past Sunday. The Washington Nationals defeated the Philadelphia Phillies 4-3 to in the 6th Annual Little League Classic on Sunday at Bowman Field. And Bill, what do you think? How do you like the relationship that MLB has developed and nurtured with the Little League World Series? I think it goes hand-in-hand. Hand. And those little guys, they're a heck of a lot better than they were 20, 30 years ago. They have a lot more access to the Major Leaguers watching more games. Those kids are real special these days. Yeah, no, I loved it. I, I watched uh, on Sunday uh, since the Diamondbacks had the doubleheader on Saturday because of the weather. I watched a lot of Little League Baseball, and it was great. I think, however, I think that the Phillies jinxed the the Pennsylvania team. They showed up. They stood right in the line of sight of uh, some of the pitcher and a couple of batters, and you know, the kid looking up there and seeing Bryce, you know, Bryce Harper cheering them on, what is that going to do to an eleven-year-old kid? He's going to freak him out. So, but I think the Rhode Island team that you know took advantage of that and won the game. Uh, Rhode Island played great last night too. Uh, so, uh, it was fun and and the the interaction and seeing the Nationals players slide down the hill and uh, just having a fun like a kid. I mean, I thought I thought it was a great day. The first thing I thought of when when I saw them out there, and then I thought like I was going to throw it to Casey for this segment. Like Casey, if you shaved, you look like you could actually be playing out there. <laughs> right, I did play a couple years ago. What are you talking about? No, but it was it's a really fun time in baseball. I love how the athletes themselves start to act like little kids, like you said, Dave. And the bats they brought out, super cool. The one the crayon bat that Joey Menses had, and then. 
the pencil bat that Bryson Stott had. It was it's just a cool time for baseball. It, I love the interaction that the MLB is doing, and I hope it, this continues for years to come. Well, it may be one of the subtle you know messages there, especially with the pencil bat and the other thing, is the major leagues are saying, now, son, if you practice hard, do your job, work hard, believe that you can do it, you can make m- enough money to have a bat made in the shape of a pencil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great call. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Kyle Schwarber, I mean, he was so excited about the game, and he's a big kid himself anyway. Um, so, but he was almost like you know, he had to like one of the parents is like all yelling and screaming, doing all these hand motions, trying to get, you know, uh, Bryce Harper, he, Bryce Harper, a little bit too cool to do a lot of things. But, uh, but I thought, you know, that whole thing was great. And, and the stadium that the nationals and Phillies played in, I don't know if you know, uh, anybody knows about this, but it is a, it's a stadium that is, I, I actually got an education on this. It's not a technically a minor league home of a minor league team. It's the MLB Help, maybe you want to help me out. Extra league or something like that, and it's a it's a league that's not A, B, or Triple A, or I'm sorry, A, Double A, or Triple A, but it, it's kind of this other league that is on the East Coast. Um, so the, there's a team that plays there. It's a short, I get things, a short season team, but it's not like Class A, Double A, or Triple A. I, I actually got a got to read up on that a little bit, and I had no idea that that was the thing. So you know, one of the things that I see is one of the great impacts of this partnership with Major League Baseball. And the Little League World Series, but Little League in general, is the condition of the playing surfaces. I mean, think about, Bill, when we were playing Little League and, like, there were balls bouncing off rocks and things like that. It's completely different than what we see from a lot of the fields now. You know, they are manicured, and not all of them. I mean, there's there's still some bad fields in, in some of the cities in America. But you looked at that just pristinely manicured field, and what little kid, you know, doesn't want to play? On a field that, that looks like a Major League Baseball field. Well, back, back in the day, uh, going back to 1965, 66, <laughs> playing Little League, oh, wow. our Little League was built, they carved out enough room to build three fields out of the dairy. So our fields were very pretty. They didn't smell real good, though. <laughs> it's almost Field of Dreams type thing. Right there, right? It really is, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Case, now I want to throw this to you because, you know, being a part of this you know, younger generation. So you've actually, through a lot of your, I don't know, sports developmental years, mm-hmm. this has been a part of it. You know, the the major leaguers. And I always loved watching. This is one of my favorite events of the year. It's the Little League World Series, Little League Playoffs. And watching those kids out there, and they're taking on the persona and the look, and they're wearing their caps the way their favorite major leaguer does. And then they get a chance to meet them. Yeah, that's incredible. And it just comes to show that how important baseball is to America and to the world in general. Um, you can see... All these players copying. They get pregame interviews too, of, and they do like the the whole call, like "What's your favorite player?" and all that stuff. They they interact like major league players, and it's kind of funny to see. Um, when I was that age, oh man, I remember the only interaction we really got because I played pony baseball. It's a little bit different. It wasn't little league, but we got a chance to run the bases at Dodger Stadium because we were a pony baseball team, and that was really cool. Um, we didn't get to meet any of the players is during one of the inning breaks, but still, those kind of interactions at the MLB is doing it really makes the like the kids just want to stick to baseball and play baseball as long as they can and become pro athletes and work hard and see that you can become a pro athlete and it's definitely possible if you put in the hard work the odds are still against you all right quite final final thought on little league world series and i always think about this because some of the kids are really savvy you know in in these interviews you know i'm thinking like i don't know dave you were probably a shy kid when you were 12 years old. If somebody would have, if, if like a TV anchor would have come up and said, all right, so 
Mr. Zorn, you play third base for. Would you have froze up, or would you have had something to say? Uh, okay. There's <laughs> t- okay. Look, there was two instances where that actually happened, but not athletically. It was a, a, a different things. So uh, you know, me growing up in St. John's, we actually had Channel Three come up. They did like a tour of Arizona type thing. So they were in St. John's one day, and so it was during the summer. Monsoon storms were building, and one of the reporters uh, asked me. I can't remember who it was, but um, oh, it was Jim Howe, longtime uh, weather guy. Um, asked me if it was, was going to rain. I said no, and I was right. So, but but I've got a yeah. That, hey, but I, at least I said something. <laughs> but I do have a tape of that when I when I made my you know, state TV appearance, and I was also on the uh, legendary Wallace and Ladmo show. Anybody in Arizona knows that show. If you you know, so age, your, so, so your first interview, you had like had a one word answer no, and now like we most and kids. now we can't stop you. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, well, what about you? Uh, no, no interactions like that. But I actually was on the Bozo the Clown show when <laughs> yeah, I was a little kid, yeah, yeah. Oh, and you have to be really old to know who Bozo no, no. the Clown was. That's was cool. Goofy. That's cool. No, I, I'm actually that's that's really cool. You <laughs> see, we, on Bozo the Clown show, that was a national yeah. being a national show. So your Bozo the Clown appearance is kind of like my Wallace Alamo appearance because Wallace Alamo were uh, idols in this state. So it's the same kind of popularity. I bet you when your friends saw you on the show, you were in school the next day, I bet you were like a rock star. He was, a, he was a rock star. I was anyway. famous anyway. I thought last week you said we're going to try and make you famous, and now you're already famous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we didn't know he was famous before. We're just yeah. trying to make him famous again. All yeah. right. That that last comment means it's absolutely time to move on. <laughs> All you. right. Let's, uh, let's move on to Major League Baseball. All right. It's time for our temp check, and we just kind of want to check in who's hot, who's not. So I'll tell you what, Casey, I'm going to start with you this time. Let's uh, Specifically National League, who's your hot, who's your not? So, so I didn't know we were doing uh, National League and American League, so I just had two teams. Um, but my hot team is from the American League or from the National League. It's the Washington Nationals, and they are eight and two in their last ten games played. They've been taking on teams like the Yankees and beating them. Last and place team. <laughs> what? Not a big achievement right that now. But achievement. That's okay. Keep going. I know, but like still, <laughs> maybe you'll impress us. Go this, ahead. Leave him alone, Dave. I just leave wanna, him alone. Let him go. I want to preface that this team going into the season wasn't even supposed to win sixty games. And, and they, they're almost there already. Oh, I think you'd there. be hard pressed. You're you're a Washington fan. Be hard pressed to name four or five guys in that team, and they are right playing now? very good baseball right now. Yeah, CJ Abrams has been incredibly good. I mean, they calling up guys. Their farm system is top six in baseball right now, and so their trajectory is kind of like the Orioles right now, where the Orioles were a couple years ago where they have a really good farm system, and they're going to make a rise in the next couple of years. They're still two to three years away probably, but, I mean, to go on a stretch, they've been playing really good baseball f- since the All-Star break, and C.J. Abrams has been that rock for them this past uh, since the All-Star break. Well, to your point, um, I bet the Nationals last night because they're playing the Yankees, <laughs> and they are playing good baseball right now. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I'm, I'm sure that none of us really saw that coming, that, like that we would have no. a who's hot be the Washington Nationals. So They're still job, in Casey. last place, but they are only half a game behind the Mets, but we know the Mets sold all their players. But still, they weren't even supposed to win 60 games this year. So I'm glad they're almost there already. Right. By the way, they gave Davey Martinez an extension too. And I yeah, love Davey awesome. Martinez as a manager. He's a great yeah. manager. So Yeah, we will see. And so we'll who, you're not? So for my not, I had an American League team, but I'll, I can name a National League team for you real quick. There's a lot of 
interesting things going on in the National League right now. I think one of the teams that has been really bad is the San Francisco Giants. Uh, the Giants have <laughs> been calling people up recently that have been making fatal errors in the outfield. Like, I mean, bad. Um, we had somebody on on the show. That was yesterday. Yeah. And this new kid out of center field ran against the wall at Phillies Park, at Citizens Bank Park. And it bounced over his head like he's never played center field before. They're, they're just playing bad baseball right now. I think they're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Uh, I think their hopes of being a wild card team are dwindling at the minute, and every second counts now. So it bounced over. It, it didn't hit him in the head and then bounce over. Like, just, didn't that happen to Jose Canseco? Jose Canseco, Canseco. Yeah. that's a great video. <laughs> that's a great video. All right, Dave. Uh, National League, hot and not. Well, this should surprise you, too. Arizona Diamondbacks, hottest team in the National League, and that's true. Winner of nine of the last 11 games. Uh, they've got themselves, as of today, as is recording this on Wednesday, uh, in a National League wildcard spot by half a game. But they got a brutal schedule coming up. I mean, they got uh, they got the day off and then the four games over the weekend uh, against the Cincinnati Reds. They haven't played the Cubs yet at all. They got seven games against them left. Uh, they've got uh, the last nine games against American League teams. Granted, the Yankees are one of them. Uh, but there's a stretch there. They got to play the Orioles for three games too, and they got to go to to LA to play the Dodgers. So it, this has got to be a one game at a time mentality for the Diamondbacks, and they can't lose anything. They got everybody hurt. They got everybody healthy now, but they can't lose anybody else. Uh, you know, to the rest of the year. Yeah, I think they finally got their swagger back a little bit, but they've got a tough road ahead. So my hot team right now, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, the, the worst, and it's no fault of theirs, is the Oakland A's. And I've been, I've been hoping we we can rant on this a little bit. It, I, I feel so bad for the players because the management has sold them out for the last couple of years, and now finally they're going to be moving to Vegas. It, it's it's terrible to watch, you know, a franchise kind of become almost like a double A team in a way. And and again, it's no fault to the players and and, and for the managers there. It's all fault of management and ownership, and they've, they've treated that team so poorly over the last couple of years, but. Uh, you know, kind of squeamishly, I'm saying that the you know the losers, the Oakland A's. All right, Bill, you're hot and not in the National League. Well, I, I'm going to stick with the Dodgers, who are uh, eight and two. Their last ten, they have the second best run differential in the league, and that's a lot of people don't ever look at that, but I think that's important. That tells you how good your team is. And I'm going to lump the Padres with the Mets in the National League. The biggest disappointments in baseball this year. They're both limping out through the rest of the season. They've mailed it in, no chance to get to the playoffs, and they're they're just uh, an embarrassment to their organizations right now. I tell you what, the, the, the Diamondback series, the Padres had full stadiums. I mean, there were still fans out there. They've got great fans, and they just absolutely just crapped the bed, for lack of a better term. How that lineup is just not winning is uh, pitching and hitting. I don't get it. And Bob Melvin, as much as I like Bo Mel. He's out. He's first day swimming. He's out. Certainly one of the mysteries of the baseball season. How the Padres aren't better. At least a 500 team. But as far as who's hot in the National League, I, I know you said the Diamondbacks are the hottest team in the National League. Not quite. The Dodgers have won 17. Yeah, of but those. the Diamondbacks are playing for something. the Dodgers have won 17 over their last 20 games. They're still they're still the National League's hottest team. And eight out of their last team. The Diamondbacks, however, at nine and eleven, I also put them up there as my kind of co-hottest team because there is no question that they have turned it around and look really good and maybe a team that, I don't know, I, I much as I don't want to hear about it from Dave for the last month of the baseball season, I'm kind of excited at the possibility of them being a playoff team and seeing what this young team could do. 
One of the, one of the things that, that, that let me just add this real quick. One of the things that tells me that they're back was Tuesday night uh, in the, the the series finale against the Rangers, where they swept the Rangers in two games. Alec Thomas made a catch in center field. If you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube. One of the best catches maybe in franchise history, and that's a team that had Steve Finley in center field for a few years. He it was in the ninth inning. Could have gave up a run and may have cost him the game if he not catch it, but he laid out and actually uh, when he stopped, he hit against the, the the right center field wall. Again, you haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube or whatever, but uh, plays like that is what's getting this team back together in confidence. Not hot in the National League. I know the San Francisco Giants are an easy team to pick on. Uh, they've only won three of the last 10 games, but I'm going to say the Miami Marlins. Mm. Now, they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10, but they w- are still in a good position to get one of those wild card spots, but with a very competitive Cubs team, which is a Diamondbacks team that is playing extremely well right now. And you still have the Giants who may turn it around a little bit. If they play 500 ball or 600 ball the rest of the way, they're in it until the last week of the season. The Marlins have got to play better baseball. And you just kind of wonder whether or not some of the controversy, you know, is, you know, I don't know, if, if it affects teams like, a little bit differently, you know, and so I, I would like to see this Miami Marlins team still be competitive, but at five and five and maybe moving the wrong direction while the Diamondbacks team roars, they could find themselves on the outside looking in. All right. In the American League, D- Dave, this time I'm going to start with you. Who's hot in the American League? Who's not? I know you, are, you already gave your not was the Oakland Athletics. So yeah, who's hot? Combine the two, honestly. Um, who's hot? Well, I, you know, coming into this week, I would think the Rangers, but they got outplayed in two games by the Diamondbacks. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm sure they're still good, but you know, they just they just didn't seem altogether right. I guess would I, would be uh, right to say. I, I guess I got to go with the Baltimore Orioles still until someone shows me otherwise. That is a solid team, young team, well managed. Uh, they're getting the fans back. People are discovering they got Orioles jerseys in their closet they haven't worn in like 20 years. So it, this is a feel good story. Is the Baltimore Orioles and uh, you know. With a division like that, and it's weird to see the Yankees and Red Sox at the bottom of the division, but you got the the Rays and Orioles right there towards the top. Until they show me otherwise, I got the Orioles. All right, Bill, what about you? Uh, I, you know, I, I was leaning towards Baltimore, who are seven and three their last ten. But don't rule out Tampa Bay. This team is they turn they're turning it back around. They had some bad PR recently with Wander Franco. This team's a winner, and they're playing very very well right now. Uh, my down team in the American League, or excuse me, I also going to incorporate Seattle. Seattle's won eight in a row, and again, very difficult to name three or four guys starters in their starting lineup. They're a very, very good team. Um, I'm going to put Texas and not playing good baseball. They're three and seven their last ten, and somehow they have forgotten how to hit. They yeah. lead the majors and. Hits, RBIs, average, so many different statistics, and all of a sudden everybody goes in the tank at exactly the same time. Not necessarily that they forgot how to hit. They forgot how to get guys in when they get on base. This two, the two-game series against the Diamondbacks, they got guys on, but they couldn't get anybody across. All right, so your, your hot was Tampa Bay. You're not Texas Rangers. Casey, what about you? So you kind of mentioned them. The Seattle Mariners are my hot team. And I think this is the hottest American League team in baseball right now. They've won, I think they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. And they've won eight, eight straight games. And they did the same thing last year. We saw this coming. They were an okay team in the beginning of the year last year. Same thing this year. When it came to the playoff push, 
it's like a switch turns on. Uh, Julio Rodriguez has been on fire th- these past couple weeks. He is the number one player in baseball over those last couple weeks. He hits 17 hits. He beat the Yankees in offense by himself. It's just incredible. So I think Seattle is definitely up there. The worst team, the not team, it has to be the Yankees. And the Yankees have struggled for weeks and weeks and weeks ever since the All-Star break. What seemed to be another run at the World Series has definitely flopped this year. And they are 1-9 in nine in their last 10 games. They, You were talking about forgetting how to score runs. Yankees haven't produced any runs. I mean, they can't buy a run right now. Their pitching staff is doing terrible. Carlos Rodon just got off the IL. He pitched a great game yesterday, but they still lost because they can't score runs. Absolutely. Let me tell you how not the Yankees are. They're so not that they're not my not, okay? Like, they're, <laughs> like when is the last time that the Yankees were just kind of irrelevant, okay? And, and they put themselves in that position right now. Hot, I agree. Baltimore, even though they're just 6-4 and four in their last t- 10, they still have baseball's second-best record and have probably been the most consistent team, certainly in the American League and maybe in all of baseball, with the exception of the Atlanta Braves. They just continue to play good enough. They play 600 ball the rest of the season. They're going to win the American League East, and I think they're going to be a very tough playoff team. I I agree with the Seattle Mariners. You said eight of their last 10. They've gone 16-4 and in their last 20, but they dropped two out of three to the Orioles during that time. Okay, so the Orioles still a little bit better team. And as far as the knots, Texas Rangers just three and seven in their last ten. But I'm going to throw another team in there, the Houston Astros. They're five and five in their last ten. Now I'm overlooking the fact that they are thirteen and seven in their last twenty. They're scary in that they can turn it around and turn it around quickly, and then go on a run where you know they win you know seven eight games in a row or nine of eleven. But the Astros right now at five and five, they have cert- five and five in their last ten. Certainly disappointing for them. Guys, final thoughts before we switch gears and go to Stump the Yonk. Any, any, any last? you got 15 well, seconds. Well, just to jump on your point, Seattle is only half a game behind Houston. And I think of Houston as one of the best teams in the league, and they're charging right now. So the run differential is basically the same. Seattle's playing great baseball, and it's sure showing in the standings. Right Absolutely. Now. Dave, 15 seconds. Okay, one final Dimeback thing. Dimeback's catcher Gabriel Moreno went on the DL with a shoulder injury midway through the year. Before he went on the IL, they were 54-46. and 46. During the injury, the Dimebacks were 3-12. and 12. Since he's come back, they're 10-1. and 1. Catcher makes a difference? No, without a doubt. Casey, 15 seconds. I'm excited for September. That's all. All right. Not much better than baseball playoffs. Absolutely. Watching his nationals on the golf course. Casey only took six seconds, so Dave, you have three more seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Nationals get to go golfing. Okay. Okay. Bill, you got a second. No, I'm good. All right. Very good. All right. It is his time to turn our attention to one of our favorite segments of this show. And listen, we would love for you to let us know some of your great trivia questions as well. But it's time for Stump the Unk, a chance for us to maybe, maybe get one past Bill Unkovich. It's pretty tough. It's time for Stump the Unk. Question. <laughs> I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Okay, Stump the Unk. I'm going to have uh, Dave, you get to go first. All right, here's mine. Who was the first major league pitcher, excuse me, who was the first major league player to pitch a ball over 100 miles per hour. Are we going to answer now or are we going to come back? No, we'll, we'll answer in just a moment. We'll, we'll, we'll give 
we'll give people a chance to kind of I don't know, percolate on this, simmer on this, marinate on it. Casey, what's yours? In baseball, who is the last player to win the Triple Crown? Good Ooh. question. All right, so 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 Dave's was just make sure I first pitcher to throw over 100 miles an hour. Casey, first pl- or last player to win the Triple Crown. Wow, both good questions. All right, Bill, I got an easy one for you. <laughs> how many how many players have played in the Little League, College, and Major League Baseball World Series? That's a little harder. <laughs> I would say so. Do you have the names of them? We're going to learn that. Okay. I do. Mm. All right. Bill, Bill, you probably need a second or two to think about it. Guys, while Bill is over there, kind of like he's getting the wheels returning, all right, what, as, you, as you get these, these trivia questions, like because we have easy, we have medium, we have hard. And we have sound effects if you get it right or not. Okay, let's do it. Oh, we have sound effects if he, if he gets it right. Yeah, well, you'll, you'll, you'll know by the sound effect. Okay, so, Bill, are you ready? I'm ready. All right, I'm Dave, re- Dave, repeat your question one more time. All right. Um, who is the first major league player to pitch a ball over 100 miles per hour? I, I'm not sure I know that, but I have two different guesses. Um, old school, I didn't know if they had the jug gun then, but I'm going to say Bob Feller. It, it was my uh, outside-of-the-box guess. Are you going to go with that? Is that your final answer? Yeah. You know, Nolan Ryan seems too obvious. I'm going to go with Bob Feller. Go ahead, Casey. That would be uh, the, our crowd says no. Uh, it was Nolan Ryan. That was your obvious answer. Yeah, it seemed, uh, it seemed sep- too easy. You guys are being too nice to me. September seventh, nineteen seventy four. While he was with the California Angels against the Chicago White Sox, he clocked in at one hundred point eight miles per hour. Yeah, you know, we talked about this off air. They they measure pitching speed different now, so they're guesstimating that Nolan Ryan was throwing one hundred and ten. No wonder he had so many damn strikeouts <laughs> yeah. and no hitters. Well, think about it. Like we lived through the Nolan Ryan era, and I don't know if you've seen the um, what is it, facing facing Ryan or whatever it is um, that that documentary. But it's so fun. The sound of the ball hitting the glove. Everybody talks about that. Like it was like a different pop than we've heard from any other power pitcher in baseball. I, th- I believe he was throwing one. Did I saw uh, the Angels play? The Indians, I believe, and we're halfway between home and first, so he had a great view of the pitch coming in. Nolan Ryan and Louis Tion, it was unbelievable. In the front row with your feet on the dugout, it was very special. And it was a different sound when Nolan Ryan connected with a right hook on, on Robin Ventura's face, too. <laughs> Without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, Casey, what was your – so, Bill, you're 0 for 1, okay? Go ahead. I had him. It seemed too obvious. <laughs> so, in baseball, who is the last player to win the Triple Crown? I think I know this one, uh, 1967, Carl Um I, I also think somebody might have done it kind of recently, um, but I'm going to go with Carl Yastrzemski. Oh. oh, Miguel Cabrera. Oh, yeah, Miguel Cabrera. How does our studio yeah. audience know yeah. that, by the way? I, I, actually, I actually knew that one. Billy. There's yeah. a bunch of guys that have, in the last couple of years, have won two legs of it. But yeah. no, those, that's very special. It doesn't happen very often. Absolutely. All right, Bill, the easiest question is <laughs> yeah. how, many, how many players – have played in the Little League, College, and MLB World Series? That, that, that's not an easy question. Yeah, um, I think this is the hardest question you've ever come up with. <laughs> I'm going to go with four. I have to do it again. Yeah. yeah. Three in a row. Ah. What a tough week. It's a tough week, Bill. 0 for 3. All right. So, that's a sombrero. So, so, so three <laughs> players have done it. They are Ed Vosberg, who participated in the oh, Little League oh, World oh. Series. He's in for Tucson yeah. in 1973. They were the runner-up 
College World Series for the University of Arizona. Yeah. They were the champions in 1980 and the 1997 World Series. Wow. Number two, Jason Veritek. He mm. participated in the Little League World Series from Florida in 84, the College World Series, Georgia Institute of Technology, runner-up wow. in 1994, huh. and both the 2004 and 2007 wow. World Series. Georgia Tech. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Not Georgia, yeah, Georgia Tech. It says yeah. Georgia, Georgia Institute, Institute of Technology. Technology. Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Right. Okay. I mean, I figured it out, Jeff. <laughs> I don't did. know where your brain was. <laughs> you did. Anyway, and then Michael Conforto recently. Mm. He participated in Little League World Series um, in 2004, College World Series for Oregon State University. They lost to Corvallis in the Super Regional. And then the 2015 World Series. How about that? Very, oh. very good questions, guys. Uh, I'll, get, I'll, do, I'll be better next time. Do well, better. Better is getting one right, Bill. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got your yeah, Shrevsky written down here. I've got Feller, <laughs> Nolan Ryan, and I actually had three, and I changed it to four. Oh, so, so it's no, closer than it looks. So you really we, had all the right yeah. answers. You just didn't say them, right? <laughs> we may have to change the intro to something else where it's less menacing if he doesn't get anything right here. <laughs> That's all right, Bill. You get Bunch another chance. No more free food week. for you guys. You have to be nice. <laughs> all right, so. Wow. I, I love it. So uh, let's uh, let's move on. Want to talk some football? Yes, oh, absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's let's break it down. And we'll, we have a little bit of time for this one. So let's let's take a look at the AFC this week. You know, NFL games are going to start a little more than a week. We're all looking forward to that. We can't wait. Actually, a little bit longer than that, about two weeks. But we're so looking forward to it. Let's let's start in the West, if you don't mind. So we're going to go west, north, south, and then finish up. With the East, since you know the East might be the most exciting, so let's let's start with the West. And Casey, I'm going to start with you. Oh, with me? Okay, okay. So for my winners, I'm going to be the oddball on this one because I know there's a lot of favorites. In, well, there's one favorite in the West. Let's be honest; it's the Chiefs. But I'm going to go out of the box, and I'm going to say the Chargers are going to have a good year. I think with the talent they brought in, and I mean they're just getting another year older with their quarterback. So I think. Uh, the Chargers are going to make a run this year. I think they're finally going to get past that kind of bad luck that they got from last year, make it to the playoffs this year. For my loser, it has to be the Raiders. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff, but, I mean, they're just bad. That's all i got to say. Dave? Well, I'll, I'll expand on, on that, Casey, here in just a little bit. So, uh, AFC West, the winner, Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, when you win over and over, there's not much more you need to do except keep the guys you got there happy and healthy. You got the best quarterback to receiver combination in the NFL, in my opinion, Mahomes to Kelsey. The two just have chemistry that's really it's too hard to match. Mahomes know where Kelsey, he, where he is going to be pretty much every time, or that he acts like he does. I mean, he just throw it in the air. Oh, there's 87. Um, the last year, the, the the Chiefs played nine rookies last year and were still strong. They're only going to be better. They're, I think, they're probably better this year than they will be they were last year. Um, so obviously, the winners are the Kansas City Chiefs. The losers, yep. Got to go with the Las Vegas Raiders. Anybody signing Jimmy Garoppolo right off the bat is a loser. That was just flat out dumb. He'll be injured sooner or later in in the the season. So they better have a good option behind him. They don't. Brian Hoyer is the backup, who I think has played now for every team in the league, (laughs) including the Cardinals. Um, If Devontae Adams is interested this season, that could be good. But if he checks out early, forget it. That's over with, too. They do have Chandler Jones at defensive end, who is one of the best sack masters in the league. But... Will he have that energy and that you know that mentality as he had with the Cardinals? I don't know. He's a couple years older on the legs as well. Uh, I do like their 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 youth. Uh, one of the bright spots is Isaiah Palomao, 
who is a, who's going to be the back, one of the backup uh, defensive backs, the USC Trojan, former Mountain Point product down there in Ahwatukee. Uh, the kid has been fierce ever since high school. One of the better players ever come out of Arizona, honestly. He'll make plays, but will it make a difference? Will that spread to other guys on the team? I don't know, but right now the the, later, the Raiders are just bad. Both you guys picked the Raiders as as the dog of the AFC West, and you're probably right. But just, just real quick before I go to Bill, do you think Josh McDaniel finishes the season as head coach? If if they – the first eight, if the first eight games, if they're like one and seven, two and six, probably not. Yeah, I would have to agree. They would have to be at least at five hundred through the first like five, six games. Not a big Josh McDaniel fan. No, he's uh, he's right, terrible Bill, as a head coach. Bill, you're up. Okay, uh, again, I hate jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, Kansas City's obviously the class of the division, but they're one injury to Mahomes from being just like everybody else. Um, it's hard to pick against them. I thought he was done in the playoff game, Mahomes, last year. I thought he broke his foot or his ankle, and he somehow comes back in and gets it done. Uh, I'm going in a different direction. It's a little coaching theme here. I think the Chargers are loaded, but they have a crappy head coach. And he he's made bonehead calls and decisions way too many times to make a difference. And looking at Denver, I think Russell Wilson's done, personally. Um but again, they, now they have a real head coach in Sean Payton. Um, I'm anxious to see what happens with them. But as much as I'd like to see somebody else win the division, I have to believe Kansas City is just going to route again. Okay. And so that, I think that's the obvious pick. Okay. But I'm going to go in a little bit different direction. And although I really do believe that Kansas City, especially if they're healthy, but that's always the disclaimer in any sport, they're clearly the class of the division and when it going away. But I'm really looking at the Denver Broncos. And I told Casey this earlier this morning. He said I was nuts, but I'm still going to say it on the air. I believe the Broncos win 10 or 11 games this year. You're nuts. I know. I, I, I know. Uh, <laughs> the Russell Wilson trade, absolutely a disaster. But with new head coach Sean Payton, I believe even though he's cost the Broncos a first-round pick just to hire him, he's got a great track record of success and an elite win rate even without Drew Brees as his quarterback. I think he pieces Wilson back together again, and the Broncos still have a roster capable of making major noise. Now You, you can get some pretty good odds on that too, Jeff, uh, betting Denver to win more than eight games. Yeah, and, and, and I think I'm on there. Now, Marvin Mims excelled in virtually every measure in college. He has the skill set that could remind Wilson of Tyler Lockett in Seattle, and Mims generated 2.7 yards per route run last season, and all six of his touchdowns came on deep strikes, so he could end up leading the team in receptions. Listen, no surprise, the Raiders are terrible. I think they're going to be vying for the number one pick this year. They're probably not going to be the worst team in the league, but they could be close. And Jimmy Garoppolo, what? He's only He has completed a full season just once in his career. Yep. So if he misses extended time, they're done. And, and Brian I, Hoyer is your back. Exactly. So no surprise there. All right, let's move on to the North. Dave, I'm going to start with you on this one. AFC North, uh, the winner, I got the Baltimore Ravens. This was kind of actually tough for me because this is a tough division. Uh, but I got the Ravens. They re-signed Lamar Jackson but, uh, for a ton of money, so now he's got to live up to this big contract. They did get him Nelson Aguilar and OBJ for receivers. That's an upgrade. They still have veteran tight end Mark Andrews. He's still there. Desert Mountain High School product, by the way, from out of the Valley. Uh, the Ra- Ravens' defense is no-name defense, but they're active and young. They're, they're, again, with the Ravens, you get defense. It's always been that way ever since Ray Lewis played for them. Um, they got the best kicker in the NFL. I know that you know, I'm talking kickers, but Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the NFL no, and has won them many games. So for all that, I think they're they're the best team in the uh, AFC North. As far as the losers, again, tough 
to pick out here, but I got to go with the Cleveland Browns just for the simple fact they signed Deshaun Watson, or they tra- I guess they traded for him or, or signed him, I guess. Uh, he's on the team. Um, I feel he should have been tossed out of the league for good after he got arrested and had the, the legal problems in Houston. Um, but here come the Browns. They, they, they take second chances on guys all the time. I don't buy that Watson's going to find his old self with Cleveland. They have some players there. Uh, obviously, their defense is pretty good. But the Brown season relies on Watson, and that is way too much to put your all of your eggs in one basket on a guy like that. So the, for me, uh, the loser there is the Cleveland Browns. All right, Casey. Yeah, you copied both my picks. I thought I was going to be outside the box a little bit with the Ravens. But, yeah, what they did during the offseason, get the weapons that Lamar – really needed he's desperately needed I think that's going to be a game changer and for the Browns same reason I mean Deshaun Watson if something comes out again they don't have a quarterback again yeah that's a brutal decision by their management to bring him in yeah so I'm, I'm the same with Dave all right Baltimore or Cleveland all right so I also like the Ravens um I believe that Lamar Jackson is going to have a career high in passing obviously with a change in their offensive system it's going to play well for Lamar Jackson. His college offense used three or more receivers on the field 65% of the time. Baltimore was at 12% last year, the lowest rate in the NFL by a huge margin. Jackson has shown that he's an excellent passer at this level, and now he's going to be in an offense that showcases it. I think the team may struggle some up front defensively, but I still think they'll be good enough to support an offense that will be a lot more explosive this year. They win this division. Now, even though I, I didn't pick a dog, I, I think Pittsburgh is also going to do pretty well. But I think Cincinnati takes a step back this year. And I just, you know, A, you've got to keep Joe Burrow healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they improved a little bit on the offensive line, but he holds on to the football for such a long time. He's going to take some hits that he doesn't need to take. And whether or not, you know, he's going to be durable enough to stand there like he does take those hard hits, and play in you know, the number of games that they need him to in order for them to be an elite team, I don't think it happens this year. So I think since he takes a big step back. Well, bringing in Orlando Brown at the, the blindside tackle, is, and he's it one helps. of the best blindside tackles ever played the game, um, is huge because you give Joe Burrow, if, we, if he's healthy, a few extra seconds and he can make some things happen. So that's why I didn't go with the Browns, or the, excuse me, the Bengals, because they did do something to upgrade that offensive line to help Joe Burrow out. They did. I just don't think that that's going to stop Burrow from being Burrow. Could be. And he's going to hold on to that football till the last possible second. Sure. Bill? Uh, I, I'm going to go in a different direction. Um, I, I don't know. Nobody talked about the Steelers. Mike Tomlin's uh, is going to be a Hall of Fame coach. That's why Mike Tomlin. <laughs> and, that's it. Uh, he's, good for three, he's good for three wins yeah. just by himself, right? right yeah. <laughs> he's got a great track record, and the Steelers have had two coaches in the last 40 years in, in the NFL. I, I, George Pickens is poised to have another great year, and I think he could be one of the all-time greats. I, I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I, I think it's going to be close. I bet you all four of these teams think they can win the division. Yeah, they, they really so. do. Um, the Browns? Uh, Cleveland, the Browns, uh, I'm not a big fan of, of their quarterback who has the no-trade uh, guaranteed contract for $100 million. Yeah. Um, their backup, DTR from UCLA, has looked phenomenal in the preseason. And I'm not going to be... I'm going to be shocked if if he doesn't get some playing time. If who is the Browns Deshaun starting Watson. quarterback? Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. If he doesn't yeah. look better than he did last year, this yeah. kid's very athletic and making things done. So I'm going to go out on the limb, and we don't know how bad Joe Burrow's injury is with with Cincinnati right now. They're being very conservative, and 
uh, playing it close to the vest. But I, I'm going to go in a long shot and say Steelers win the division, and I think the Browns are going to be struggling and pulling up the rear. All right, good job. All right, all we have left, the well, we have the AFC South left, so we're only halfway through. So AFC South, I'm going to start with you this time, Bill. All right, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Jacksonville dominates and win this, wins this division. They are their class. This is a very, very bad division. Indy has a rookie quarterback. Houston has a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. Tennessee's got Mike Vrabel, um, who's good for a couple wins every year. But I, I'm, I really believe it's, it's going to be no contest. Jacksonville wins the division easy. And I, I think Indianapolis uh, is going to have trouble signing the running back. Uh, he doesn't want to play there anymore. I think they're the loser this year. Yeah, so for me, I have the Jags winning the division as well. Trevor Lawrence getting another year older. And to see what the Jaguars did last year towards the tail end of that season, making that run to the playoffs, I think they're going to build on that this year. I think they're going to have a really good season. Uh, my L, I think it's the Texans. I, I actually like what the Colts are doing. I think th- uh, there's a lot of praise in their rookie quarterback, and there's been praise everywhere for him as of late. Uh, but I just think the Texans are still a couple couple years behind. All right, I'm going with everybody else. Jacksonville, it, this is a bad division. I mean, it's horrific. Uh, the Jags clearly stand out. They could get the top seed in the AFC just because how bad the division is. Trevor Lawrence has another year of experience under his belt, now has Calvin Ridley as a weapon and Christian Kirk. The defense is stout. I love Dan Campbell as a head coach. Uh, this is a very good football team that's paid his dues and, and finally is reaping the rewards of all the pain that they've gone through in the last, you know, probably in their, in their history. Dave, let honestly. me jump in there really quick on, on – sure. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Doug Peterson has had three unbelievable situations with quarterbacks that took him to Super Bowls, won Super Bowls with not big name guys. Last year, you saw what happened when he came in and what how Trevor Lawrence's yeah, productivity yeah. went through the roof. Yep, uh, the loser for me. I'm going with Casey on this one too. Houston Texans. This is just bad ownership and management in, in Houston with this team. They don't have a first round pick this year. That goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Sure, they have C.J. Stroud in his youth and athleticism will keep he and the Texans out of trouble, maybe, but they're bad, which is funny. As bad as they are, they could finish second in the division. That's how bad this division is, but I, I think Houston's been probably the worst-run organization in the last couple of years in the league. They've been bad, and, and I'm, I'm not going to go on about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe that they're the class of this division as well, and Trevor Lawrence is going to take another step towards being a Pro Bowl quarterback because he's that good. The other side, though, I know that everyone's on Houston as being the worst team here. Kind of like Cincinnati, I think, I think Tennessee takes a big step back. Now, I love the way they play football. I, I love teams that are hard-nosed, that run the football and all of that. But for whatever reason, you know, this run of them being able to play that style and still get into the playoffs – you know, I don't know that that's going to work. This and, and we've seen you know the injuries to Derrick Henry and whatnot. It's great, it's fun. We're old style football guys, but I just don't think that the Tennessee Titans are going to be able to sustain that this year. I think they take a step back. I don't think they're going to be much better, if any better, than the Houston Texans, and I think they're going to have a disappointing season. All right, guys, let's move on to the AFC East. I'll toss this one up. Who wants to go first? I'll go. Uh, this was tough. I mean, this is the, this is the toughest division in football, I think. Uh, and anybody can win this division. They all can end, maybe end up in the playoffs. So that's how good this is. But I got to go, uh, the, and there's no wrong answer with anybody here. But for a winner of this division, I think it's the New York Jets. 
And actually, this was easy for me. Having a veteran like Aaron Rodgers has already been big. It's given him a, a it's given the team a, a bunch of confidence with him just being in camp. Yeah, and you get kind of a, a better inside look at the Jets because they're on Hard Knocks this year on HBO. So I, you know, I have a chance to watch it and kind of just see how everything is going with that. They're bringing in Dalvin Cook now in a running back. My goodness, that just adds another weapon uh, for Aaron Rodgers to have. They already have one of the best defenses in the league. Uh, great young defensive linemen and linebackers on that team. Um, I think they could be they could be the top seed in the AFC. It's going to be between them and Jacksonville. I think they're that good. I think they'll win a division, but I think it might be a little bit of a dogfight. Kind of what we saw in the NFC East back in the day is, you know, with the with the Cowboys and the Giants and the Redskins. Yes, I'm saying Redskins because they were the Redskins. But um, I think that the AFC East has almost become the the new NFC East. Uh, that's a great division, but I'm taking the Jets in that one. Um, losers, okay, we're, we'll get some hate mail for this. It's the New England Patriots. I mean, and I, only because Miami's good. Um but the Patriots, come on. I mean, they still Bill Belichick, sure. But they're in kind of a rebuilding mode. Even if they finish in last place, they still could be in the playoff hunt until like the last few weeks. And, that, again, that's how good how the division is. Uh, great news about Isaiah Bolden, by the way. He's the one who got hurt uh, in the uh, preseason game. He's okay after he was carried off the field. Still is going to take a little time to get back. He was hit by one of his teammates um, during uh, the, uh, the preseason game. Not sold as Mac Jones as an NFL quarterback, so someone has to be a loser in this. Why not finally the New England Patriots? Okay, Bill. All right, I, I've got to go right there. Buffalo, they're their class. The Stephon Diggs-Josh Allen issue was blown out of proportion by Stephen A. Smith, and Stephon Diggs took to Twitter pretty quickly to put the record straight. And you know th- those, those two guys can dominate any game. Um, I think the Jets have an aging quarterback. He's a head case. Aaron Rodgers, not a big fan. Wow. Dolphins and... Tua, he's just hurt way too often. The Pats have Belichick. I don't know if that's enough to make up for the lack of talent. Uh, Mac Jones can perform more like he did in his rookie year than last year. So I, I'm going with Buffalo to win the division. And um, the Dolphins, um, if Tua's not on the field, Dolphins don't win seven games. Okay, Casey. Yeah, so for my winner of the East, I'm going to go with the Bills as well. Yeah, the fact that the Stephon Diggs and uh, – Josh Allen thing got blown out of the water. Of course, when we first heard it, we were like, "Oh no, what's this mean for the Bills?" But after it got blown out of the water, I don't. I think they're still the class of the of the, of the division. And the L. This was actually a really tough one. I think another year with Mac uh, Mac Jones is going to be good for him. Uh, but they're the L in the East just because that t- the division's so tough. And like you said, if Tua is on the field the whole season, they they're going to be a playoff team. All those teams could be a playoff team, but the, the one that would miss out would be the Patriots. This is a big year for, for the Patriots and Belichick right now, and I wouldn't put anything by him. Their defense will keep them in games, and I will bet anybody here that the Patriots don't come in last place in their division. Well, you know what? I don't know that anybody in this I, room is going to take I that feel, bet. I feel offended. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to take that bet. You know, listen, there's a couple, I think, easy picks here. Buffalo's the easy pick. Okay, and the Jets with Aaron Rodgers, you know, of course we have huge expectations. I am fully buying into Aaron Rodgers to Garrett Wilson connection. Last year's Offensive Rookie of the Year managed to put up 1,103 yards with one of the worst quarterback situations in the league, Dave. He's he's sneaky good. He is sneaky good. In games where Wilson's uh, quarterback was Joe Flacco or Mike White, 
he averaged more than 85 receiving yards or 1,458 extrapolated over a 17-game schedule. Okay, now he's got Aaron Rodgers throwing to him. I think that's going to be huge. I believe the Jets win this division. Now, in terms of the last place team, it could be it could be Miami, it could be New England. Buffalo could take a step back. I do believe Buffalo takes a step back this year. But with a healthy Tua Tagovailoa, I believe that Miami, like you said, is a playoff team. They just got to keep them healthy on the field. I expect the Miami Dolphins to be another step towards a surprise in this division, which means somewhere in there, the New England Patriots, I don't want to bet against Bill Belichick, but I think that they probably slip. Buffalo slips a little bit, and New England ends up finishing last in the, in the Real division. Real quick on that, Aaron Rodgers' stats, the last eight games of the year last year were horrible. I think they were. he was 29th in the league. If he's bought in, if he's got his head in the game, yeah, I think the Jets can be good, but you never know with that guy. Yeah, it's, no doubt it's going to be interesting. All right, good job, guys. Uh, great job. All right, it's time for one of our favorite segments of the show where we get to, because we call this the Generation Sports Podcast. We all have different memories and our historical perspective and what really matters to us over the last however many years or decades that we've been sports fans. So we call this Sports Through the Ages. It's a lot of fun. This one features Casey Everett. This week's spotlight is on the 2019 Washington Nationals. After an offseason where they saw their best player, Bryce Harper, leave to the Philadelphia Phillies, a lot of people counted the Washington Nationals out. Even though they had a star-studded roster with young talents such as Trey Turner, Juan Soto, and veteran leadership from guys like Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and Anthony Rendon, they were still not seen as World Series favorites. The Nationals definitely did not look like contenders to start the season after starting the season 19-37. and But after the All-Star break, the Nationals turned their season around and finished the season 93-69 and to clinch a wildcard spot. The motto throughout the season was Fight Not Finished which resonated with the fans because they were a playoff name for the past couple of seasons leading into their magical 2019 run, but they never could get past the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Nationals played against the Milwaukee Brewers in the National League wildcard game and were losing in the bottom of the eighth inning until a fatal error from Brewers right fielder Trent Grisham on a line drive from Juan Soto, which put the Nationals ahead going into the top of the ninth inning, where they would shut down the Brewers to make it to the next round. But of course, they would play against their kryptonite, the Los Angeles Dodgers. After splitting games, the series would go to winner-take-all game five. The winner would go to the NLCS to play against another magnificent organization in the St. Louis Cardinals. Game five went to extra innings, and an unlikely hero, Howie Kendrick, would hit a go-ahead grand slam to shock the Dodger faithful. The Nationals finished the job and closed out the Dodgers in the bottom half of the inning to move on to the NLCS. The Nationals made quick work of the Cardinals and moved on to their first ever World Series as the Washington Nationals. They took on the infamous Houston Astros in one of the weirdest but most exciting World Series in recent memory. The series went to seven games with no one winning at home during the whole series. Howie Kendrick stepped up in Game 7 and produced a go-ahead two-run home run, and the Nationals did not look back and captured their first and only World Series. The magical run from a team that were almost eliminated in the NL wildcard game the fight was finally finished, and the rest is history. This has been your Sports Through the Ages Weekly Spotlight. All right, Casey, nice job. 
Thank you. Very nice job. Um, I'm still I'm kind of mad at you right now, though, because that was a memory <laughs> that I didn't really need to relive. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I, I don't want to ever be called a homer ever again <laughs> on this show or our radio show. Are you kidding? Me? How much nationals have we heard today on this podcast? Twice. <laughs> it's been half the podcast. What was the Diamondbacks uh, segment and Dodger segments the last couple of weeks? Okay, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I Thank you. I haven't said anything about the Diamondbacks. I haven't been allowed to. A lot of great information. Not winning a home playoff game. I have forgotten that. The very yeah. good job, Casey. Very Thank good. You. Very good job. You know what? I love it. And and Dave, you just said out loud in front of four people who've been in the room with you that you haven't talked about the Diamondbacks today because you haven't been allowed to, and that is no, absolutely untrue. Not at the distance that you've done the Dodgers and others have done about their teams. Come on. You know, we, we have this all recorded. You realize that, right? Wait wait till the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, till, wait till the end. Yeah, you well, got something prepared. You're, you're going to you're gonna catch, catch up, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. I know we've got a couple minutes at the end segment, but I no, I'm, I'm, it's coming. Gloves are off. Well, here's the thing, Dave. You've been talking about them the whole time. It's just that you don't realize it, but the rest, you no, don't I'm realize how much this, you do. I'm steering this into a different direction. <laughs> Absolutely. It's going, I'm, steer, I'm steering it to a different direction. Oh, okay. Just okay. wait. Casey's giving us the, okay, enough, move on. All right, Casey, good job. Anyway, it's time for one of our other favorite segments, Betting with Bill, Bill's Best Bets. Bill, what you got for us today? I got a whole bunch of stuff here. <laughs> and unfortunately, we're still waiting for football. Uh, college football starts Saturday, the NFL next week. We will have weekly locks of the week and picks. But it, a lot of you folks are, some of you are not familiar with future bets. It's it's something to get into. The NFL MVP, Jalen Hurts, is at plus 1,200. This guy is a stud. I'm completely bought into him. He could have won it last year. And, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. After his breakout season last year, if you bet $50 on Jalen Hurts to win the MVP, you win six fifty. It's a, it's a value bet. Maybe it's not going to happen, but those you you can occasionally catch these futures and, and make it a lifetime. And if you like long shots, here's some other cool value picks. Trevor Lawrence, who I think is going to have a phenomenal season, fifty bucks pays eight seventy five. Hmm. Um, Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh had a very good year, and Jared Goff. These are a bit of a long shots, but twenty five dollars pays over a thousand dollars on both of those guys. And in the NFL and the MVP, you can discard pretty much everybody else. You just take the top five quarterbacks and hope you get lucky. Uh, that definitely could happen. Um, the bets last all year. They're fun, so you're never out of it. And I'm just hoping um, Mahomes has a little bit of an off year and something happens to him. Bill, I, I just got to say, anybody out there who bets Jared Goff $25 to win the MVP <laughs> would have been better served to get some chocolate-covered strawberries for the wife or girlfriend and just take them home, okay? What's, what's the 1-800 number for the for sports gambling? <laughs> Call that if you have the money on, on Jared, Jared Goff. Goff to win you know what? I'm going to put money on Jared Goff now. Yeah? Yeah. Watch what happens. Sometimes yeah. things happen that you don't expect, and we'll go back to the one Super Bowl with the Chargers, and I talked Jeff out of betting that Steve Young will throw five touchdown passes. It happens. Yeah, it did. He threw six, actually. Right. So, hey, Bill, I'm not mad at you about that anymore. Though, but you cost me a lot of money that day. <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on. Let's. When I say move on, let's take a step back into what's happening here locally. We, Dave, you are our local connection to everything good that's happening local sports here around the mountain. It's time for Sports Around the Mountain. Dave Zorn. Thank you very much. And, you know, uh, we're going to – obviously, football. It's in, in the limelight. Both uh, Flagstaff and Coconino uh, went through scrimmage games here recently uh, to get ready for the season. Coconino went over to Snowflake to take on uh, the Lobos. 
uh, team coming out playing in the, in the state championship game in the 4A last year. Uh, I haven't seen, I haven't heard a ton, but I did talk to somebody with Snowflake Connections saying the Snowflake fans were impressed and the word tough was uh, bandied about quite a bit when talking about the Coconino Panthers. Um, I think they are. I think they, they've got a lot of tough players that like to hit on defense and they could have upwards of around about a 280 pound offensive line on average. So they're, they're some big dudes and, uh, you know, it's a blue, it's kind of a lunch pail kind of a, a mentality over at Coconino right now. So they open up their season. Uh, of course, we're taping this on a Wednesday. Uh, this Friday night uh, at home against Carl Hayden um, uh, from out of Phoenix. Um, so if, you, uh, if you're if you listening to this on a Friday, you'll go on to catch us starting at 6.30 with the pregame show, 7 o'clock kickoff here on in Flagstaff on the Legend 93.5 or AM 9.30. Or you can watch it online. Go to NFA, NFHSnetwork.com. And you can get, you actually could go sign up through calfsports.com, click on watch the games, click on the game, go through all the sign up stuff, and then you'll be able to watch the game. You can watch on your big screen, on your phone, all that kind of stuff. So you can watch that game starting at 7 o'clock. But before then, the Flagstaff Eagles kick off. It's kind of lunchtime, football, a football lunch kind of thing. If you're doing a late lunch, it's 12.30 pregame, 1 o'clock kickoff. Uh, also on Friday, as Flagstaff will take on Greenway, which I think is going to be a pretty good game. There's a, Both teams have got athletes. Both teams have got had bad offensive lines last year, trying to repair them. So went out and saw Flagstaff scrimmage against Lake Havasu on Saturday. Looked pretty good. Um, they uh, There's some things they need to clean up. They, they've got a possible thunder and lightning backfield with uh, um, with uh, Wetzel uh, as the thunder back, and they got a kid named Isaiah. I can't remember his last name. Uh, but first year playing football, he was a track guy at Flagstaff. And if he ever learns how to cut back or, or, or stop and cut and, and go through uh, some progressions as a running back instead of running the sweeps all the time, kid could be really, really good. So I'm, I'm excited for both Flagstaff and Coconino going forward. Any of you, uh, football, they had another scrimmage uh, over the weekend as they get ready uh, to take on the Arizona Wildcats in Tucson next Saturday night at 7 o'clock, see if they can win two straight over the Arizona Wildcats. Of course, they, up, they upset U of A a couple years ago down there, but U of A was just terrible. But this is a better NEU team. Obviously, a better U of A team. Uh, that is next Saturday down in Tucson as they get ready for that. Uh, cross country, the defending national champions uh, get their season on underway next week here in Flagstaff and the George Kite. And soccer's underway. They have a, they got a big win on the road against UTEP. Flagstaff's Maggie Schaefer got co-offensive player of the week in the Big Sky because of her game against UTEP in the three to two win. So that's uh, we'll have a little bit more in the coming weeks as we get going with football. But again, we have a doubleheader here in Flagstaff. Go to nfhsnetwork.com if you want to watch it. Uh, and then uh, we're off and running. And then we'll, next week we'll talk about a school in Nevada that's coming to Flagstaff to play that has one of the best running backs probably in the in the West Coast right now, but no one knows about them. They're a 3A team in, in Las Vegas, and they run a variation of the wishbone. Man, I cannot wait till that game comes next week because that's what I played in. So I can't wait to see what they do with that. So All that right. is our Round the Mountain wrap-up for the day. All right, that'll be fun. Dave Zorn with our Sports Around the Mountain presented by Doghouse, Flagstaff's Favorite comfort food, Bill Unkovich's doghouse. So just drop in. If he's there, say hello and tell him that, you know, he needs to do a little bit better on the stump the young. But, 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 but <laughs> get one right, Bill. Yeah, let's get one right. All right. We're, we're just about, we're just about finished with, with, with this week's show and uh, a lot of fun. Our final segment is called Crunch Time. Each of us get about a minute uh, to pretty much anything, anything that's on your mind. Sports-wise. Now, I'm going to start, Casey, with you this week. 
All right, so mine for this week, I just wanted to go over the richest contracts in soccer right now. They're all, all the players are in Saudi Arabia playing, so I just want to throw that into perspective. So Neymar Jr. is making $240 million per year. Jeez, what? Yep. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is making $173 million per year, and Kareem Benzema is making $172 million a year. Per year? Per year. Wow. <laughs> okay. I, I, I want to go last. You want to go last? Yes. He's going to rant. I wanted, yep. him go, I wanted him to go now. No, I'm going to go last. Okay, Bill. All right. I'm, I'm going to start with um, every night I watch videos on home plate umpires making bad calls. I think it's time for a change, specifically the guy behind the plate. Uh, nightly, we see these just horrific calls four or five inches outside or low. I completely understand. It's really hard to, to call balls and strikes on a consistent basis. And But the expert catchers can quickly frame the ball, and some are excellent at doing this. But it always seems to be the same umpires making the bad calls see Angel Hernandez. This needs to be corrected. With uh, any profession, some do it better than others. There's plumbers, doctors, cooks. Some are good, some aren't. These guys need to be rated, and the bad ones need to go. I would hate to see a Major League Baseball playoff series or World Series decided on a bad call by the umpire. In the minor leagues, they have a new review. It takes five seconds. The batter taps his head. The umpire taps his head. They go upstairs. Five seconds, and it seems to work, and they get it right. It's too many of these day by day, every single day. Absolutely agree, and they say that we could actually see that by 2025. Not sure, but I would certainly like to. Umpire auditor, the account you need to watch and follow on TikTok. They do a daily thing on umpires and tell you how many they show the clips on how many calls they missed. It is a must follow and if you're a baseball fan and you're as fired up about that as Bill is. So, all right, absolutely. All right, um, I'm going to make mine quick. This past Saturday, baseball because of the flood situation in Southern California, many of the teams played two on Saturday. Whatever happened to the day night doubleheader? Whatever happened to day games in general? Now, I know we have a few of them throughout the course of the season, but Bill, you'll remember this. It's a Tuesday afternoon at 1 o'clock, and everybody in the stands has a shirt and tie on because they're playing hooky from work. How about more of the midweek day games, and how about a few more of the day-night doubleheaders? Or better yet, we can just have a twilight-night doubleheader. That way you pay for one and you get two. I would love to see Major League Baseball reward the fans and give them back a few more of those It's just all about money. They can't sell the TV spots. Everybody's at work. It's unfortunate, but those day-night doubleheaders spent a lot of days <laughs> at, at Angel of Dodger Stadium watching doubleheaders back in the old days. Absolutely. Dave? All right, and finally, as of this taping, like I mentioned uh, earlier in the earlier in the podcast, the Arizona Diamondbacks have won nine of the last 11 games. They are in the National League wildcard spot as of today. Will he stay there? Everybody else on this podcast says no. I say yes. Call me a homer. Call me an idiot. Call me whatever. But I'm sold on this team now, not next year, not the year after, this year. Mark this tape, save this quote, but the Diamondbacks will make the Major League Baseball playoffs this season as a wild card team, and y'all can just go away. Well, here's the funny thing about that. I don't know that everyone here said they wouldn't make the playoffs. You all said they wouldn't. Like we, we did say we start we preparing for this. Yeah. Okay, we maybe did. not as a podcast that we've aired, but when we started leading up to this, no, oh, they're done. They're not going to make the playoffs. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Guess what? They're in a playoff spot now. How smart do you guys look now? Still pretty smart. All right, that's good. They're in. <laughs> All right. They're in. Mark it down. Play it back when they're eliminated if you want. I don't care. We Mark will. Mark it down. They're in. And we will. 
All right, that's going to wrap things up for this week. We appreciate you guys being here. For Casey Everett, a very angry Dave Zorn. Dang right. Bill Hunkovich. <laughs> I'm Jeff Kennedy. Thanks for listening. And remember, listen, national security is not at stake. We're not solving the world's problems. Guys, we're just talking sports. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.